Children of all ages. The Nikki Haley <laughs> camp is saying, if we, if OJ Simpson can run through airports and kill everybody and still be okay, <laughs> we can be number two too. <laughs> then you know that's what it feels like in that camp today, Mark. <laughs> We're number two. We try yeah. harder. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, right? you, it wasn't hurts. I think so. But when you when you're when you're number two and you're that far behind, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I remember the uh, cheerleading thing from Haley and Hannah. We're number one. Can't be number two. Something will knock the whoopsie out of you. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and then they had this okay. one mark. Dude, they, yeah. Well, it was about being, anyway, they they also had this one cheer about having 10 fingers and 10 toes. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the inbred families uh, that had a kid, um, <laughs> they had like 12 fingers and 18 toes. And Welcome I thought, to Dave's neighborhood. Yeah, one I of the inbred families. Oh, <laughs> Oh, dude, <laughs> they used to, I'm not going to name the family, but they used to come to, when I first moved to Alabama, <laughs> by the way, when I oh, first gosh. moved here, Mark, I was working for a radio station and I'm doing a remote broadcast from a cell phone store, which by the way, it was awesome because back in the early, well, it was 94 and you know, it was before everybody had flip phones all the time for everything. I mean, uh, cell phones because they're expensive right, to yeah. use and, um, the, the general manager, Tom Williams, was brilliant. The most brilliant GM in sales I've ever worked for in my life in radio. If I could hire him right now, Mark, if he, like, he's retired now, but if he's that guy that if Tom said, Dave, I really would like to work for another five years. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. I would go ahead and get you out of retirement. Go ahead and raise the money, buy a radio station, let Tom be the GM because we could retire in five years financially free. Mm-hmm. He's that good. Wow. And yeah, he just... Just brilliant. But in 94, I get this, I come to work at the station. They hand me a flip phone. And I loved it because they were really cool. It was a motor. It was, it was uh, before the flip phone. You know, you think of the slim yeah. Motorola flip. This was mm-hmm, before them yeah. when they were kind before of big the and had, they had the big yeah. docking thing. Yeah. It wasn't yes. a smartphone, but anyway, it had 500 minutes a month for free. It was part of the deal we had, you know, with the uh, cell phone company. So I'm at this remote because I had to do the remote to get my phone kind of thing. And this family comes in and of course we got pizza. You know, if you're doing a radio station remote, you got a guy standing there in a satin jacket, handing out CDs uh, that nobody's ever heard of and free right. pizza. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what you do and selling cell phones <laughs> doing four breaks an hour over the phone. By the way, folks, that's how radio stations get rid of their giveaway inventory that nobody wants to pick up. <laughs> yeah. Which they don't have anymore because everything's digital. There are no singles yes. anymore. Right. And, Wow. But anyway, and this family comes up 
and they they start talking and I'm being friendly. I'm new. I and they they're they loved the radio station, Mark. Actually, I found out later on they loved every radio station because that's all they had were radios. They didn't have TVs <laughs> and they didn't know how to get, they all went out together and it was <laughs> <laughs> that family tree didn't have a lot of branches, Mark. Okay. It, it really, it was more like a telephone pole. And, uh, and I met them and they were really kind, welcoming me a new guy. Right. And I thought, well, this is really cool. You know, they really love the radio station. Like I said, I found out they did this with every radio station, but they, yeah. uh, they came by and, and there was probably, I don't know, eight or 10 of them in a four seat, five seat car, you know, yeah, car yeah. with bucket seats and a bench seat in the back. And yeah. mm. anyway, <laughs> They're grabbing up all the pizza and uh -huh. the guy I'm with, yeah. the, sale, the sales guy that I'm with grabs a bunch of the pizzas. Okay. There's like 10 of them, right? They're supposed to last the whole remote and they come walking. He grabs about eight of them, leaves two pizzas out there and takes the other eight and puts them in the bathroom and locks the door. And he's like, <laughs> you got to get rid of them, man. They'll eat all the pizza. There won't be, and nobody else will come. People will see them and they will leave, give them free stuff get because they will stay. And, and I'm like, well, like, I don't have free stuff to give to everybody, man. He goes, give them whatever you can and tell them we don't have any more and they will leave. But I thought they were kind of entertaining. I hadn't met them before. And he kept, they kept saying they're inbred, right? And yes. I, I'm like, they're not. Come on, man. Don't say that. That's not, that's not it's cool, man. Wrong. Don't do that. Yes, it is wrong. And I, I was in a mode to make fun of Alabama, too, at that time. I just yes. got here, okay? And I get talking to him, and I'm not kidding. I am not kidding when I tell you this little girl who didn't look like she was, she, she looked like maybe the genius missed her or something, but she goes over to the older world. The, there obviously were children and the mom and dad. And I'm mm. not kidding. When she went over to the mother, she said, aunt mama, can I have another piece of pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Alabama, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Every stereotype in the world. I saw them. Oh and uh, there you have it. But okay, just just to be clear, this is absolutely true. It's absolutely accurate. And it does happen once you get outside of the bigger cities. I mean, it does. You know, you get into more rural places. Oh, yeah. But that ha it's everywhere in the country. Is this yes, way. it is. You know, yes, it, it is, is really this way. But you just don't, you know, it's stereotypical for Alabama, but it's true for practically it everywhere. It's true. It, that's yeah. the whole thing. When I was doing stand up, if you were in, no matter what state you were in. You used Alabama or Mississippi. Okay, that was it. Mm -hmm. you, those were your redneck capitals, right? Yeah. If you yeah. and if you were playing a club in Mississippi, then it was Alabama. If you're playing a club in Alabama, it was Mississippi. But right. Yeah. To be honest with you, they they are everywhere, and they yeah. just, you know. That's anyway, Jeff Foxworthy used to say in, at the beginning of his stand-up act, he's, "Rednecks are everywhere." I've been to mm -hmm. all fifty states; they're everywhere. And or, he's absolutely right. <laughs> if he had been on tour with Obama, he could have gone to fifty-seven states. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh nikki oh, haley um, yep the big question is can nikki haley slow down donald trump's ascension to president uh for the second time mm -hmm. and will if donald trump is elected will he disband the government take over and declare himself king for a day you know will he be a dictator uh, well if you listen to all the people on msnbc msnbc oh. or pmsnbc yeah uh, then you would believe that we're headed towards a dictatorship which is just mm. I, it it never it never ceases to amaze me the projection that comes from the left because if you look right now what we have pretty much is a is a soft dictatorship right. we're living under that situation right now and the guy who wants to eliminate all of the crap that has been put on us is being labeled as a potential dictator 
It's bizarre. But mm-hmm. he is leading former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley by double digits in New Hampshire. That's according to the final Emerson College polling WHDH. It was released ahead of today's primary. The survey found Trump leading with support from half of New Hampshire's likely presidential primary voters, voters, 50 percent. Haley comes in at 15 points behind with 36 or 35 percent support. Math is hard. Mm -hmm. According to the survey released, uh, this reflects a six point jump for Trump from the survey released earlier in January and a seven point jump for Haley in the same time frame. Now, while Ron DeSantis is included in these survey numbers. He he's got about eight percent support. He really isn't in the race. He dropped out. He suspended his campaign Sunday, and he's endorsed Trump. Now Spencer Kimball, the executive director of Emerson College Polling, said Trump holds nearly two thirds of support among registered Republican voters in the primary, leading Haley sixty five percent to twenty three percent. Haley, however, has a fourteen point advantage among independent voters. Uh, and the rest of it's all yeah. just blah, blah, This is blah, all blah. golly good, yeah. but right. the yeah. bottom line is, uh, A, were you surprised? No. <laughs> that, that didn't take long. What else you got? <laughs> Ron DeSantis, you know, when he dumped out, he was like yesterday we were talking about, I thought he would be the last one to, to go. Yeah. But well, I'm just not, not feeling it. And I hate that. I like Nikki Haley. But, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of women don't like Nikki Haley. I don't know why. Mm. I don't think she's got that kind of, uh, you know, how women are about other women. It's like if they're mm, chunky, yeah. they're cute, you know, that kind yeah. of thing, as long as they're not yeah. pretty and, and rich. Right. And so I don't know what her deal, I don't know why, but she really does kind of repel some women, but mm. I think Donald Trump does too. Oh yeah, he does. Um, for, for different reasons. Yes. I but- like his hair. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got the hair. I, every now and then I wonder what the man would look like with a different haircut. You know, <laughs> proof positive that I you can't cannot, imagine. It, yeah. it, it just shows you that a comb over all these years later, you know, that yeah. baldness is a, a real issue and no, you can't cure it. You know, no, you can, no, you can you try the, the doll plant things that they poke holes in your head or you can transplant yeah. stuff from the back to the front or the side or whatever. You can do all that. But yeah. ultimately, if Rogaine worked, he wouldn't have that hairstyle. Mm, that's true. Just saying. Very true. But, but who cares? Shave your head. I, that's the thing, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. But so the sad is, I think just between you and me and and in the chair yeah. behind you, I, I think that uh, DeSantis should just go home. He needs to be the governor. He promised yeah. his people that he would be the governor for his second term, ran yeah. for that second term, got enthusiastic support and then turned around and uh-huh. ran for president. Yeah. And he just he needs to go home and fulfill his promise to the people of Florida. Didn't he do? I thought he did that when he dropped out. Isn't that uh, what he said? Or did I don't, he say? I don't, you know, he needs to. That's all, That's just what I'm saying. This is what he needs to do. And my reasoning for that is something I've said before, is that he needs to defend Florida from the left because they've worked hard to basically kick the left in the teeth in Florida to yeah. tell a big corporation from the West Coast what they can do with all their money <laughs> and basically took them to the woodshed and spanked them really hard and then decided to go run for president and leave. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen in the state of Florida if they don't have that kind of guy, that leadership in their state? Well, then yeah. the left's going to creep back in, take back over, and everything's going to be worse than it was before in the name of recovering what they've lost. Sad so, thing is that a lot of those people in Florida are like, um, they're like reformed smokers 
because they've moved from the north. They got taken over by liberals and, are, and they watched it happen to them. And they fled Yankeedom to come down yeah. to Florida where there's no state tax, where the yeah. property tax is, cra- is not crazy. I mean, they, ca- they move for the advantages. And if liberalism does take hold in Florida, uh, if they get rid of the DeSantis people of the world, you know, and, and the Rubio people, you know, Rubio's gone, I guess, for the most part, because he's not in the state, he's of the state. But bottom line, I, I'm with you. I think uh, the problem I have with DeSantis now is the problem I had when he entered the race for president for the nomination. Bill Clinton in Arkansas said he would not seek higher office if people reelected him for governor. Right. Uh, but two, three weeks later, after they elect him for governor again, he announces he's formed a committee to, you know, yeah. to build, to see. And it's like, he knew if before. you can, I know yeah. you had to know you didn't decide yeah. after, right? I mean, yeah. it makes no sense to me that I think, and I mean this, if you, I believe that we need to make this change that politicians, if they are seeking a different office, a higher office, if you are a sitting governor and you decide to run for president, you should have to walk away. You cannot govern your state on a day-to-day basis when you're out campaigning 24 seven. Mm. It's just look at what the campaign has to do. If you can yeah. do the job remotely, then you won't, you know, if you can govern the state by phone, mm. then you know what? We probably don't need to pay you a full-time salary. If yeah. you can govern the state, because 12 hours a day, you're kissing babies and eating bad chicken and giving mm. speeches. Yeah. So you sleep for six hours. Let's say that. So, you're really devoting a part-time a part-time to our state. So we'll pay you part-time. We'll pay you minimum wage. How about that? Yeah. That's when you'll find out how important it is for people to be in politics. When you start yeah. paying them for the work they do. And that would be interesting. I'd like that. All the money you raised to run for that second term yeah. as governor, you still got that big flush fund. There's like, I don't know how it works. Maybe yeah. it already works this way, but that, that should be isolated. So you cannot use it for a presidential run. They actually have ways around that. That's the part about it that's yeah, really because money is fungible. You can move it around. Yeah, yeah. yeah I understand. But that. but, but, but. Mark, <laughs> they can use it against you later on. See if you do that, you know, it's it's perfectly legal to move it around until somebody doesn't want you to be the guy that wins, and then they turn around and go, Well, you know, when he took this money from A to B, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's yeah. it strictly is the law, but it's not the letter of the it's you know, it's the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law, and he broke yeah. it because he has no he has no character. Yeah, character. Well, and then you got the other people going. Character doesn't count, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, eight well, years of Clinton. Wow. A lot of problems would be solved if we really did have comprehensive, real, not not imaginary like the Democrats want, but real campaign funding uh, yeah. controls. Because I, I go back to the whole Seventeenth Amendment thing. I go back, you know, where these guys are running for office and they're everything is being paid for by money outside of their state. Yeah, you know. I go back to Jeff Sessions announcing that he was going to get back in and run again and, and get back in the Senate for the state of Alabama. And he announced on the Tucker Carlson program, not in the state of Alabama where he was running because he knew the money was coming from everywhere else. So the same thing applies to president. I mean, you've got some, got to have some different rules if you're going for the, to lead the entire nation, but still there has to be some campaign finance reform. that's real. That, that makes it impossible for you to have gigantic sums of money from sources that are working against us as a nation. There has to be a way to do it. Has to be. Rich. 
Please, after you. Is just a really, oh, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. <laughs> you know, Mark, what? there are little things that crack me up that <clears throat> I'll see videos for. All right, mm-hmm. pictures, you know, and I know their whole, the whole scrolling thing is to get me to see what number 18 looks like. Yes. But there's this one, and it's um, like DIY construction fails, and <laughs> those crack me up. They just do, because they you you look at this and you're thinking, somebody actually really thought, how did you look at this and say, okay, you know? <laughs> right, um, yeah. And one of them is a door for like a bathroom that... The door, you know, the area for the door is bigger than the actual door is. So you've got this big open crack in it leading into it. And it's like, why would you hang the door once you know it's too small? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But they I do like the one where, they, where they've cut the notch out for the toilet because the door opens inward and and, oh. and, and, it, and it hits the toilet. So they just carve the <laughs> notch out of the door to swing past the toilet. <laughs> that's oh, that's funny. Okay. I'll look for that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just, I see these things and I all I can think of, it's kind of, you know, there are things in life that we all mess up sometimes mm-hmm. and, and it just, it boggles the mind that it gets by. I remember when, um, we had, we were in this uh, new neighborhood and there were, the houses were still under construction and my brother and I decided to look around in a couple of them. We weren't doing, we weren't stealing anything, but you know, it's one of those things where when you look and uh, I remember going into this house and seeing how the construction guys had made a mistake with the hallway. And they had taken two by fours and put it uh, horizontally on the, to bring the wall out further so that yeah. they could tack the sheetrock into it because they had messed up. And <laughs> we're, the only reason we were seeing it is because we saw what they were going to do in sheetrock right. the next day, I guess. Yeah. And so they had prepped it. And I'm telling you, it, all I could think of is the people that buy this home, they're never going to know no, that no. this room is smaller than they, they thought. But it's, and it's, right. You know, it, but it's because they messed up and I'm wondering, well, what else did they mess up and just uh-huh. cover up? And that's when I found out in DIY world, if we, if you're doing it yourself and you're putting in cart flooring or whatever, and you're just a little bit off in the corner, you think, oh God, I should have paid somebody to do this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you know why they make shoe molding. You know, that's what that's for <laughs> is to cover up that spot. You never see it if you have shoe molding. <laughs> and caulk. She holding yes. and talk. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That that is exactly it. So, meanwhile, anyway. somebody somebody a few years down the road is going to be sitting there, minding their own business, watching TV, and they keep looking at that wall, thinking, "Why is that door frame thicker than that door frame?" Yeah, 
There you go. <laughs> and they'll start checking and realize instead of being four or five inches deep, that wall is seven or eight inches deep. Right? Why? <laughs> Why? We had at that uh, house that we lived in in, uh, in Trustful. Yeah. Um, there was a wall that if you were just casually, you know, zooming through, came by to visit, whatever, you didn't notice it. But if you lived there for a while, you began to notice that this wall had a curve in it. <laughs> wow. And I finally figured out why. Because there was plumbing behind that wall. There was PVC pipe behind that wall that they put. They, this is, they wouldn't move it or couldn't move it. And so what they did was they just bowed the wall out to go around it. <laughs> wow. That's so funny. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. All, right. Man. All right. So, Mark, let's talk about the uh, top three Republican uh, possibilities for Trump 2024 shortlist. What do you think? Yeah. The yeah, DP shortlist. Man, the, he, he, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a parlor game in Washington, D.C., trying to pick who's going to be the vice president. And right now, um, Insiders are telling Axios that there's a three-person shortlist to be Trump's running mate. One is New York Representative Elise Stefanik. Number two is Ohio Republican Senator J.D. Vance. Number three is Nikki Haley, who we already know. She's in the race. Mm -hmm. Axios reports that some other names in the mix include Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, Vivek Ramaswamy, um, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, former HUD Secretary Ben Carson, Representative Byron Donalds, he's a Republican from Florida, and Arizona Senate candidate Carrie Lake. Stefanik, the chair of the House GOP conference, is at the top, former Trump's uh, chief strategist Steve Bannon told NBC News. In the New Hampshire today, in New Hampshire today, the uh, before the primary, Stefanik will campaign alongside the former president, who was the first lawmaker to support Trump. At a hearing on campus, uh, anti-Semitism in December, Trump allegedly told allies, quote, she's a killer following Stefanik's now viral confrontation with university presidents. Huh. Vance is one of the most vocal supporters of Trump in the GOP, sharing his views on immigration and foreign policy. The most controversial name on the list, assuming to the report from Axios is accurate, is Nikki Haley. Insiders told Axio that Haley would trigger an all-out revolt in the MAGA world, especially given Haley's hawkish foreign policy views and establishment ties. Haley told a group of voters at a diner in Amherst, New, New Hampshire, she refuses to be anybody's vice president. <laughs> Quote, since I don't want to be anybody's vice president, that's off the table. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, Haley has previously declared, I don't play for second. I've never played for second. Uh, when she was pressed on whether or not she would join Trump's ticket, if asked, Trump allies have fumed at the idea of Haley joining the ticket. Mm -hmm. well, Haley, meanwhile, has ramped up her criticisms of Trump rebuking the former president for using the widely disproven claim that the 2020 election was stolen as a proxy for his wow. support. Wow. Quote, wow. she says, Trump says things Americans aren't stupid to just believe. Uh, what he says, the reality is who lost the House for us? Who lost the Senate? Who lost the White House? Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Nikki Haley will win every single one of those back for us. That's what uh -huh. she told reporters in New Hampshire last oh. Thursday. Well, no, yeah, he didn't lose the want. House. The, the the Republican candidates lost their own. You know, you can go back and actually look at the facts and see that those guys lost their own races. It wasn't him. It wasn't a retaliation against Trump. Well, I will tell you that there was, you know, people were emboldened to attack um, Republicans because of Trump. You don't hear it so much now, uh, but there was an all-out war against 
conservative uh, Christian people. They wouldn't say it, but I actually have have heard there were people. Um, you know, there was a, a documentary that came out about uh, the the Chicago Bulls during the Michael Jordan nineties, and it's a ten part miniseries. Uh, it was really well done. It was on Netflix, but it still is, I guess. But one of the guys was talking about um, Michael Jordan supporting Harvey Gantt in a Senate bid in North Carolina in 1990. Harvey Gantt was a black guy who was the, uh, he was an architect by trade, had become a politician as mayor of Charlotte. And uh, he was running, pardon me, running for United States Senate. And he was running against Jesse Helms. And there's this uh, black guy who is a commentator. Uh, you see him on all the, I don't want to call him a race baiter because he's not necessarily a baiter. He just says things, you know, that he's like a professor of, race studies or something, some made up job that they can give him money for because he's yeah. a big black guy. And bottom line, he said, uh, you know, something about, uh, Jesse Helms and, and Republic conservative views. And huh. look, I'm not going to defend Jesse Helms and what he said or didn't say before I was born as a <laughs> commentator on WRAL in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is what he was. Right. You know, each TV station had that commentator that came on at the end of the thing and gave his opinion piece. Yeah. Uh, kind of like on 60 minutes with, I'm what's his name? Andy Rooney. Is that who it was? Yes. yes yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that guy, but that's what Jesse Helms did. That was claim to fame. And then he became a United States Senator when he ran for office and he was, you know, odd fellow, but he won five or six terms in the United States Senate out of North Carolina. Harvey Gantt ran against him as a liberal black guy. And uh, they asked, and Michael Jordan's mother asked him, you know, many people did, would you, will you support Harvey Gantt? Will you do a PSA for him? Show support. Michael Jordan is the most famous guy in the world at the time in 1990, you know, and, he wouldn't do it. And the comment that was used against him is that, and Michael Jordan to this day stands behind the comment. He won't apologize. He said, they said, why won't you say something, do something about this? You know, why won't you step up and, and help? And he said, Republicans buy shoes too. Talking about mm. his Nike deal. Yeah. And it, he Smart. said, when he was asked about it, he said, uh, the, when they was asked this, don't you think you should apologize for it? Here is 30 years later. They think you should apologize for that or walk back that statement, you know? And he said, no, it was a joke. I said it to teammates. It was a joke. I'm not going to apologize for a joke. Mm. No. And he moved on. It didn't hurt him. But there are those pretentious people, liberals, who, you know, oh, you know, Muhammad Ali stood up for his convictions. Well, you know what? Not every black guy is a liberal pinko commie that sells out his race like Harvey yeah. Gantt. Yeah. Uh, you know, Harvey Gantt actually is the reason a lot of uh, FCC rules have crashed and burned and radio has destroyed itself. Harvey Gantt is one of the reasons for that. Mm. I, I know because I was in North Carolina when he was running, you know, for uh, everything. Um, but to not support him as a black man, all of a sudden he's an idiot. You know, he's a horrible person, Michael Jordan. And I'm like, mm. you can't do that. And so even now, even now they apply, they being the liberals approach it the same way. If you, you cannot be a black person and support Trump. If you do, you're, you know, there's something wrong with you. And mm. they liberals have used Donald Trump like that calling card so that you can say things like his views, his Republican or his conservative views are, you know, racist and horrible. And that's yeah. what they said in this, this documentary about Jordan, Jesse Helms, not to mention him. They said not to mention he's a racist, but his, out of step conservative views mm. is horrible. Conservative. What conservative is horrible. No, you cannot yeah. do that. And that's what yeah. they did with Trump impeach 45 began before he took office. 
and it stayed in there every day he was in office. And they had to do it by labeling every conservative Republican person in America or conservative and or Republican, because there are Mm -hmm. some of us who are conservative and not Republican. Right. And yet they lumped it. They lumped us all together, just like they did that guy saying, Jesse Helms, there's nothing about him that's cool. I want to be cool. I want to be right. You know, and but they did that to us. And that's what they're going to do. If you support Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, like any any black person that supports Donald Trump is all of a sudden horrible, stupid. I would know if you're a black person that supported Barack Obama, you're an idiot. That's the truth. Because he yeah. wasn't even a, he wasn't even really black. His favorite person to do in his spare time was old white guys who had cocaine, and yeah. you know, it, and he's married to a dude, and the two kids are borrowed from another family. But yeah. that's who you know. You, that's your choice. That's who you think is the, that you vote for him just because he's black. That's the most racist, horrible, stupid thing in the world. That's like it voting is. for a guy because he's white or because yeah. he's a dude. I would yeah. vote for any candidate that actually has their has, I believe can get the job done. The job yeah. that I want done, of course, yeah. you know. But. Oh, heavens. But that that would be voting based on merit, and that's just wrong. No, I there mean, is no merit. In, in in this day and time, you can't base anything on merit. Heavens, what's wrong it's with just, you? It, the thing is, is that, you know what, Mark, I'm just tired of, they won't come out and say it, they being liberals, because they, they attend church. But they attack Christians mm-hmm. every day, and they couch it in politics and political terms. And they back you up by uh, being on the attack. You know, best defense is a great offense. They never back down. They constantly stay in your face. You know, when you, like, use Maxine Waters as an example, you know, in Peach 45. Yeah. She attacks constantly. You could back her up like they would if it was the other way around they'd, by attacking her. Yeah. What about your daughter on the payroll? How many hundreds of thousands of campaign dollars have you paid your daughter to print flyers right. that could have been printed on your office printer right for just the cost of the ink and the paper but you paid her a hundred thousand dollars to print flyers for the Mm. city of hawthorne come on and but instead nobody does that because if you attack maxine you're a racist woman hater and no i'm doing it because she's really a horrible individual who's not representing any she represents an area that is worse now than when she first got in office in the early 90s She's yeah. been in office 30 years. She hasn't helped her voting district except to get more votes for herself. Maybe it's time you get somebody else in there. You know, that can yeah. and this is you know what the reason she's so important to me? Because I was born and I lived a long time in that dis the voting district that she's from. That's where I was born. Mm. And it ticks me off because it is the most diverse ethnically, racial. It's it is so diverse, Mark. It's like there's 10% of everybody. Just you know, take 10% of this, 15% of that, and mix yeah, yeah. it all together. That's what you have. You talk about your melting, and it was like that when I was a kid. It, wow. It's really awesome, yeah. And the thing is, the only person that's really making any money there is Maxine Waters, and she's mm-hmm. making it on the back of the minorities that live in this area. Yeah. And it's just sad. It's like they could have so much better. I've said it before, but can you imagine what it would have been like when Donald Trump came into office with his background, connect, the way that he gets things done, whether you like him or not, it's not even germane. It's, it's immaterial to the discussion. Right. But to go to him and say, Mr. President, I don't like you, but <laughs> you have had a lot of success in these areas. I got problems in my home district. We don't have jobs. You know, I, we're in Los Angeles County, and I, I haven't been able What should we be doing? Would you mind taking a couple of your people that you believe in and 
help us understand a better way to economically solve our problems. What do we need to do? Mm. That would actually have value for the people you represent, yeah. regardless of any political machine you've got going on, man. And that's what the people of Hawthorne elected her to do, by the way. Yes. Was to represent them at the national level, to be their stand-in, to go to Washington, D.C., to represent their interests and to seek the help and the guidance necessary right. or to or to tell the people, no, you can't do that here. Right. You know, both sides of the coin. Yes, we want your help. And no, mm -hmm. you can't do that here. That's right. what they're supposed to be doing. But no, they're looking out for re-election. Same can be said for Sheila Jackson Lee, who was so, uh. so, I mean, the people of Houston, her district, don't like her. And they don't like her so much that when she ran for she ran for the mayor of Houston, they said, "Not here." <laughs> wow, I love it. <laughs> that was no. Funny. You stay in D.C. It's good that you're in Washington D.C. We don't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yes. Wow, but that's that's what I'm saying. I I really am concerned about that, Mark. That we don't have people that are concerned. They're only concerned about themselves and feathering yeah. their nest and. I, I'm looking at it now, you know, heading into the back. Now, you've played the course. Now you're heading into the clubhouse for the last, you know, however long yeah. you can plan to sit on the stool. And I'm not seeing any real change. I'm seeing some bad things happening, but the whole racist thing and how they're, yeah. how they being those that divide and conquer using mm -hmm. race to divide our people. You and I were raised in that era after Martin Luther King and the March on Washington. Yeah. And the content yeah. of your character being more important than the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. That's what we grew up in. And I thought we'd achieve that in our lifetime. Yeah. And now, you know, the thing is that we had, yep. 15 we years had after electing that. a black president, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, Barack Obama would never have been elected if Martin Luther King's dream had not actually yeah. become a real, a reality. Right. It wouldn't have happened. But you, and the way they act now, Mark, it's like slavery ended that like, instead of it being that we elected a black man as president in 20, in 2008, that Abraham Lincoln came back from the grave was you know the Disney uh, Imagineers remade and he signed you know in 2007 yeah. signed the uh, Emancipation Proclamation but up until 2007 there was slavery that's what yeah. they make it sound like it is it's like no I mean it, if, what gets me about that whole issue is and you've said so before that there is still slavery going on there's more slavery yeah. in in the world today than there was then yep there's more now than there was then there's just not any here yeah. because we put an end to it here right uh, the, the united states and england england led the way we followed very closely behind and abolished slavery and who was it that abolished slavery was it uh hmm. black people rising up from the the plantations no it was white people saying this is not right you can't do right. this yeah and we're evil though but yeah so, you know, evil whitey <laughs> that's us thank you kill very much. whitey kill remember that from uh was the, the sequel to tommy boy <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh the frustrating part, Mark, is I'm tired of being labeled as something I'm not mm, just yeah. because of the color of my skin. I'm tired mm. of this separation. I've said to you before, I was always somewhat a little bit bothered by when we had a black Miss America, uh, you know, that a Miss America who happened to be black, that there was still a need to have a black Miss America pageant. Yeah. Why do you have a need to separate yourself, you know, when the whole idea is for us to get along and be together? If you want to do it, I, I have to, I really wonder what else do you really want? You know, if you want the separate thing, which I don't, I, I thought that was our whole point here is all together, all, you know, all for one, but you know, it, 
that just really it's still i'm like how is that even possible why do you mm. want to separate by the color of your skin why yeah. do you want to identify that way you had nothing to do with that and let's have let's does identify you as the things you had something to do with like mm. are you a liar and a cheat are you a good person are you what do you do not yeah. what color is your skin that's everything else you have something to do with you don't have nothing you have nothing to do with how you were born mm. you know that's the one thing you and i we were not involved in that we we were no. the end result of something else <laughs> and back in the day what we were told was that we need to tear down all these boundaries right right we need but to tear down these walls we yeah. need to we need to have uh, equal accessibility to everything we need to we need to level the playing field for everyone right that's what the, that's what it was all about and it's not anymore Let's let's build boundaries. Let's build barricades because these white people are evil yeah. and you got to keep them out of your community. You got to keep them out of your schools. You got to keep them out of your kids heads. And, and we're seeing that every day. And what possible good future is coming from that? Right. There's not one at all. Wow. I just I just thought we were better. Mm. I, and I, I thought we had achieved so many things that that now those well, oh, wasn't it Booker T. Washington that said that, uh, Oh no, I lost the quote now about people who make money on the backs of, oh, uh, yeah. of yeah. keeping other people separate. Yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah. That's where he'll always know, be that person who makes money off of that. Yeah. 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 And, and I still see that. I, I see that in, in, on a daily basis. And it's like, we're, we can't have that. You know, it's kind of like the, uh, voter ID card. Remember how they, uh, there were those in part in power, the liberal Democrats, that talked about it being, you know, voter, uh, but what was it, uh, trying to remove your right to vote, taking away that right. Yeah. And I remember a documentary guy going into the city of like New York and yeah, voter suppression Yeah. and, uh, and asking black, but do you, do you have an ID? Where would you get an ID? I've got an ID card. How do you exist as an adult without yeah. a form of picture ID? Yeah, that was a crazy thing where he went to people on the West yeah. Coast, all those white people on the West Coast, and they talked about how it's so racist to demand an ID. And then he goes to, like, to Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to Harlem and said, uh, do you have ID? Yeah, everybody's got ID. You think you we're know that where to stupid get ID? We Everybody knows where it. to get ID. <laughs> you think we're that stupid we yeah. can't figure that out? That's the most racist thing you've ever said, honky. You know? And that's the thing about the left is that mm. they just assume everybody's an idiot. Well, yeah, they'll go along with it. Do you think they actually believe that? Because I, well, I know that a lot of liberals are really racist. I know that uh, deep down. I know that because I've met them. I've seen them in action. And it's yeah. like, you really do have to be a racist to think in your heart of hearts that you can't, that you have to create a path for black voters, Mark, or Hispanic voters or anybody non-white mm. because they're not smart enough to know how to get an ID. So we just want, we want them to vote. They're not smart enough to know how, where to get a voter ID, but we want them to vote. Think about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which if you're not smart enough to know where to get a voter ID, you're really not qualified to vote. Now, granted, we took away all the rules for voting at yeah. an age and we're trying to drop that now, too. Now, I, I think what that is, is we're your advocate. We're in your corner. We're on your side. We're here right. to help. Right. That's what yeah. that is. Oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're in your corner. We're your friend. We're fighting for you. That's what that is. But, in, but I don't think they really, you know, I, I think, no. I think honestly, I think that what, once you, the higher you get in politics with leftists, the more inclined they are to believe that everybody's an idiot and needs them to lead. I think that's what they believe. They really do believe they are the enlightened and everybody needs us to survive without us. 
if, you, if we're, you're left to your own devices, you're all going to walk out in traffic and get yourself killed. So please listen to what we're telling you. You know, you're all a bunch of idiots. And without us, you'll never survive. Otherwise, you wouldn't have politicians looking down their nose at somebody at a, at a press conference and say, clearly, you don't understand how these things work. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you hear quite frequently right. if you pay attention. <laughs> I know. All right. There was something else you had in here today about the uh, Supreme Court action uh, Man, on the January 6th. way down here. Yeah, yeah it's real. I just want to get to this because I, I found it fascinating that it's not getting the kind of play one would hope. Um, yeah. And for this, and I don't have all of it here, but I have a note. If you can get, There's a lot more of this information in show mm-hmm. notes. So make sure you go to the to markandmaxshow.com today and click on show notes yeah. and get the show notes for today's show. Um, and from time to time, I also throw in some bonus material just, just for your edification that we never get to. Um, from uh, the epochtimes.com, a recent U.S. Supreme Court decision to review a case called Fisher versus the United States, which experts say could weaken prosecutors' hands in hundreds of January 6th cases, including former President Donald Trump's, is already upending some defendant cases and sentencing proceedings. In December, the Supreme Court decided it would take up the appeal by January 6th defendant Joseph W. Fisher of the Biden administration's novel use of an Enron-era evidence-tampering law to prosecute hundreds of defendants for obstruction of Congress during the January 6, 2021 Capitol incident. The obstruction of Congress charge, which carries a sentence of up to 20 years in prison, is the most widely charged felony in January 6 cases, including against President Trump. Mr. Fisher was indicted for various alleged offenses for his role in the January 6 incident, including obstruction of law enforcement during civil disorder, violent entry and disorderly conduct on U.S. Capitol grounds and obstruction of Congress based on 18 U.S. Code Section 1512, subsection C, paragraph two, or tampering with a witness, victim, or an informant. Wow, what a stretch. Um, This is an evidence tampering provision that's part of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which experts say was conceived largely to curb wrongdoing on Wall Street, but is now used by the Department of Justice in January 6th cases. Mr. Fisher challenged the obstruction charge, claiming that 1512C2 does not prohibit his alleged conduct on January 6th. A district court agreed. But the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit reversed that decision, of course, because it's wildly leftist, uh, siding with a broader reading of the provision, namely uh, that it applies other forms of obstructive conduct, not just ones related to investigations and evidence. While it's unclear when the Supreme Court will hold the first hearings, Mr. Fisher's in Mr. Fisher's appeal, several legal experts told the uh, Epoch Times in earlier interviews that the high court is likely to find that 1512 C2 is being improperly used against January 6 defendants. If the challenge proves successful, the Supreme Court's decision could have far-reaching consequences, potentially erasing some charges against President Trump and overturning felony charges or convictions for numerous January 6 defendants. The implications extend beyond individual cases to the core strategy employed by the Justice Department in securing convictions. Meanwhile, the fact that the Supreme Court has agreed to hear Mr. Fisher's challenge to the provision is already having an impact on some hmm. January 6 cases. There you go. So the Supreme Court is is looking at this and saying, uh, no, that's not what that means. <laughs> wow. You can't apply that this way. Right. Which is, you know, which is basically the if you look at it, what's happening in Atlanta right now, mm-hmm. that whole thing. And you've read that whole thing. You know what it's, what it's all about. They're applying other law to a situation, a scenario it yeah. doesn't apply to. I was shocked. Still yeah. am at what they've done there. And yeah. the only and, thing that 
Mm. The only thing that's really coming out of that, you know, not the only, uh, but if you're going to go after somebody really hard, like you do Donald Trump, you're going to illegally, you're going to file charges against a citizen of the United States of America that are nothing less than trumped up, but about charges, you know, uh, Fannie Willis having her, her private life out there for all to see. Yeah. Her chickens are coming home to roost right now. And I'm going to tell you that that happens, but in reality, if it, if he, they can go after him like this, that's why I have been, I've encouraged everyone read the charges, just read them, see what yeah. they've act, what they're actually accusing him of, and realize if there's one thing in there that's made up that just is ridiculous, then you have to assume all of it is, that all of it has that same thread running through it. That either it's an all or nothing proposition. It's either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But I saw some things in there that just still the one that still gets me, Mark. Is charging him with a crime for sharing sharing information about a water main break yeah. that you and I also shared, as well as every other media personality that had the yeah. same thing at the time. And uh, when and Trump tweeted it out, and uh, they came back and said, "No, it, there wasn't one." And I'm like, "But you said there was when you shut down the vote. When you shut down counting, that was, that your was reason the reason for shutting gave. everything down. Was there and a they're water charging, main break? Yeah. And they're charging him with a crime, saying." That he tweeted that out and knew it was a lie when he did it. Wow. And it's that that's one of those. That's why I said at the time, and I will say it now. How could he know when that's what we were all saying? Mm-hmm. And that bothers me. It really does that, that they can weaponize the government against somebody. Look, I don't whether you like or dislike Trump is not is immaterial. It's you and me. They yeah. can come after you or me in the same way. Granted, we don't have as much material things to lose as Trump, but we've got just as much spiritually, psychologically, they could mm-hmm. t- take you down, take everything you have and lock you up. That's what they're threatening them with. Well, and look at what they've done to all the January 6th people. Oh my gosh. They've got, there's there a are people that have been in jail the whole time and haven't been charged. Yeah. Yet. They've been over two years. They've been in jail and they've, well, three years then they haven't been charged with anything. That's, that's unconstitutional. It's illegal. They can't do that, but there's, it's still happening. And they're they're looking at reaching out. They they're looking at people's monetary transactions on their credit cards. They're looking at their social media stuff. They're looking at everything and trying to find anybody they can put away, just for using the term MAGA and things like that. It's it is very Soviet. It's yeah. it's yeah. it's very chilling. But mm. that's what they want to do. These people who are in yep. charge, who believe they're right, who believe they're the they're the elite intellectual elite and we need them or without them, we're all going to kill ourselves in traffic. <laughs> well, that's it friends. Take a look at it. I, I do encourage you to go and read the indictment. It's there's a hundred and however many charges go read it. Just some of them do make sense though. You know, some of you yeah. going, wow. I wonder if yeah, they really I'll, put, I'll put a link to it in show notes today. I know you've got <laughs> that information. If you'll pop that over to me, I'll, okay, I'll put yeah. the link in show notes and you can just go, Look at it yourself. It look at the charges. And then you know, one, you, your eyebrows will both go up and, and you'll say, what? Yeah. <laughs> there were some things in there that I went, wow. They really, like there was a, in one of very quickly, there was a, uh, where they contacted some elected official in Arizona over something. And the Arizona official said, look, I'll do whatever you want, but I'm not going to break the law. Mm-hmm. And it was Rudy, Rudy Giuliani was on the phone. He says, we're not asking you to break the law. We're actually that's not what we're asking you to do. Actually, a whole like, law, yeah. Yeah, and, but it was it was that line in the sand of this guy had been told, you know, if you do this, it's against the law. And 
And again, the whole thing was, we're not asking you to break any laws, you know, right. but they, they were asking for certain things to be done. And again, I don't know the, all the laws that exist at every state. I don't, I can't, mm. it's impossible. Not for me, right. yeah. but yeah. anyway, I encourage you to look at, like I said, the one that still it gets me that sharing that that's a, he broke the law by sharing that tweet. And all I could think of is what if he was listening to, you know, for a little, he gets a few minutes out in the limo by himself, just shutting out the world. And he, he's got his little cell phone there and he's going, I got to listen to what some of these guys are saying. I love Mark and Mac. And he goes and he listens to our show that day. And here's talking about the water main break in Atlanta, yeah, you know, yeah. in Fulton County. And he, wow, really? And he tweets it out. <laughs> I mean, is it a lie? Know. No, he's just relaying but, what he's heard. Yeah. And the thing is, is that they said they're trying that they liberal Democrats are saying he knew it was a lie when he did it. That's mm -hmm. the key. You know, so that's yeah. the whole key with slander and libel. People don't understand that. You know, it's really yeah. slander is spoken. Libel is written. And the whole idea is you have to know it's a lie. You have to know it is an absolute lie when you share it as a truth. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. You can actually say something that you believe and it turns out to be wrong. As long mm -hmm. as you believed, you know, at the time you did not believe that it, you know, was wrong. Which brings what happened last Sunday in a church into focus when Fonnie Willis stood in front of a congregation in a church and lied through her teeth about everything that's going on and blamed everything on racism. Yep. In the pulpit of a church. Well, there you go. That's a pastor that's going to stand before God someday and he's going to say, and you are... Yeah. I, you know what? I think when that, I want to go and I actually think you and I should go and take the pastor to lunch and at some point in time say, I want to give you a foot rub. Would you mind? And he says, why? I want to see you got a cloven foot, man. That's all I want to see. <laughs> we never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.